0: i uh-huh. uh-huh. To Spider Man Minute, the daily podcast where we swing around and explode Spider Man 3 one fraudulent minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. And I'm Wally. Hey, Wally. Wally. Hey,
1: guys. Welcome, Wally. <laughs> How are you doing? Good.
0: Good. <laughs> Thanks for being our guest here uh, on minute 91 of Spider Man 3, which starts with Harry slumping to the ground, seemingly unconscious, <gasps> and ends with a party at the Bugle. Sure does. Hey. hey, it's not so bad. No,
1: I can't wait to see how we get there. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> change of locale. Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, so this is starts with what seems like the end of the uh, this is like you know, the end of the big fight, the big, the big bro brawl, yeah, uh, between uh, between friendos.
2: Um, yeah, Spidey has dispatched the new goblin, yeah, in, uh, you know, throat. Punchy fashion. Yeah. And everything seems chill until... Until uh, he takes her cheap shot with
0: a pumpkin bomb. Uh, So, yeah, so he takes the cheap shot, he, he turns it on. The problem is, however um spider-man doesn't even need like peter doesn't even need a spidey sense for this moment because (laughs) these damn goblin the pumpkin bombs are so loud they're obnoxiously loud when they (laughs) turn on just like (laughs) like they sound like uh they sound like the uh the uh ecto uh whatever the the packs oh yeah yeah yeah. the proton yeah the proton packs thank you yes uh
1: (laughs) yeah This is entirely Peter Parker showing off, though, for Harry, right? Oh, like, yeah. Like, he's like, I, 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 you know, I could do a Spider-Man move or do something crazy. You know, this is a hail Mary throw, but I'm gonna last second matrix matrix dodge this and then do <laughs> yeah. my flip back at you. Yeah, entirely for theatrics.
2: Yeah, and it's oh, also yeah. just a dick move um, because oh, it's it's like an inversion of Spider-Man's normal ethos, right? Yeah, that. Uh, if just because somebody's doing something horrendous to you doesn't give you license to do it back to them but Yeah. we got a black suit on right now so in for a penny in for a pound but this yeah. one's coming right back for you he's
0: lucky that it was just the normal explodey ones and not the skeleton making yeah not the vaporizer yeah apparently the, just... the ones built from the Mars attacks technology
2: I mean he smashed the whole rack of them they're all around on the ground so
1: like it could just be luck at this point he doesn't know which one's which right mm-hmm. like I, they're all mixed in I like to think that this is really the hero Harry moment where he's like he could have chosen that one but you know he truly deep down loves his friend peter and he wants to uh only sort of shake him out of this whatever this is
2: yeah he's like i gotta reach him somehow there's a lot
0: I have to reach him through my hatred of him murdering my father.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this will snap him out of his murderous ways. Yeah. I mean, if if Spider-Man could like knock amnesia into Harry's head with a well-placed clothesline, maybe Harry can knock him back to his senses with mm-hmm. a well-placed pumpkin bomb. Mm-hmm. It all seems very altruistic.
1: This movie has shown on multiple occasions, this ig- occasion including, that Blows to the head is all you need to change Harry's motivation at any given time. Right. Yes. That is, this is literally the move. It's the quick time event in the PlayStation game where you just <laughs> you get the hit on the head and boom, he's you know ready for the next. Yeah. Uh, we just, just
0: we just put that on pause
1: yeah. and we come back to it later.
2: Yeah. So this I'll just reset. I'll just reset Peter. He did it for yeah. me. All right. Yeah. Time time to go. Then we can be best friends again. <laughs> the,
1: the hero <laughs> Harry. Candy. Yeah.
2: Well, if, again. If we hit him on the, if
0: I hit him on the head hard enough, he'll forget murdering my father, yes. and then it's like he. Knows Never did it. Oh my God! Perfect. All right, sounds great. Amazing. There's no way this will go poorly for me. So I do. I do need to point out that as he is getting up to throw the the pumpkin bomb. So like earlier um, in the movie and in the first film, we saw these great pumpkin bombs that had the razor blades on the sides. Yeah. And here we see some prototypes with the largest blades I've ever seen on a thing. Like, those are 12-inch blades on either side of a pumpkin
1: bomb. I feel like even Batman would be like, tone it down a bit. I don't even know how you throw those. I'm pretty sure that's actually, like, some sort of advanced Ninja Turtle weapon. That yeah. Is, it's, even, it's the wrong movie universe. Right. it's yeah. Michelangelo's evolution of nunchucks. <laughs>
0: Uh, It's crazy Those are crazy Uh, I would have liked to have seen those in use But they're fun uh, background uh, uh, prototypes I guess You know what they
1: are though Mm. They're very toyetic they oh, are very yeah. toyetic. Mm-hmm. That's very yeah, true. I can see an action figure gripping those with incredible ease. Yes. Yes. Maybe, Avi Arad was like, we should put those,
2: you know, make sure those are in a shot at some point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how
1: yeah. to Wouldn't do We can
2: get voice. those in a toy. When, <laughs>
1: when this movie came out, though, I had these like 12 inch Spider-Man and New Goblin like dolls that yeah. would talk to each other what? when Ooh. they were near each other. Like They had a set of lines that were just normal like trailer lines. Oh, my God. And then if they were together, they would actually talk. So proximity based like yeah "Ah, okay okay yeah and so I I feel like uh, this scene is the impetus that they looked at this scene and someone said there's some really toyetic stuff in this scene and the memo got to the toy company and instead of like the cool you know throwing pumpkins with the you know Highlander blades on either side uh, they were like yeah it's very toyetic that these guys have this emotional connection so let's do dolls that talk
2: yeah Mm -hmm. let's let's do like bring that friendship dialogue exchanges the best accessory for any action figure Um, yeah, and I think it's our last glimpse at the uh, the Green Goblin mask too. Yeah, is, in, is just sitting on the. Uh, uh, I think we might we might see it
0: again in the when with the conversation with Houseman. I think it's oh, in the Goblin right. layer. Yeah yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So I um, just mean like the physical object. Sure, like, sure, yeah, sure, It's Cool to see.
0: Um, I okay. So this next bit is interesting because what we cut to is a scene of Peter walking down the street. Buttoning his shirt up to cover up the the Spider-Man suit underneath. Yeah, um, which for some reason is during the day, even though we were just at night. So I guess he's just like free rolling all the time in the suit now. Um, I Shh. guess is the idea. You know. Uh, but uh, so he's walking down the street. Women are noticing him. Uh, he's kind of thrown by this a little bit, but interested. Yeah. Uh, and then he notices a newspaper headline. Yes. Uh, that says thief. And it's a picture of black-suited Spider-Man holding a bag of money, web-slinging away. Yes. And the uh, the, uh, the the credit is a uh, Ed- photo Brock. by Eddie Brock. And uh, that's when we get the great line, uh, I'm going to throw some dirt in your eye. some dirt in your eye. Um, yeah. I'm going to put... Oh, I'm not throw, put. I'm, I'm going to put some dirt in your gonna eye. I'm going to put some dirt in your eye,
1: which is like very delicately, <laughs> I'm going to put some dirt <laughs> in your eye. just going to slowly place this dirt nearer and nearer to your eye until (laughs) it is in your eye yes and now it 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 is upon your eye (laughs) and within it
0: Uh, Uh, but however i think what's interesting about this and it just makes me laugh every time i think of it it makes me i burst out laughing every time it happens anytime that i've seen the editor's cut oh boy in the editor's cut he blows up harry he walks toward the camera goes to black and when it cuts out it goes bum 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 and he starts dancing down the street it is the most you should see Zach's face right now it's the most what? insane transition Ugh. it goes from this I thought directly this one was awkward yeah. directly into the dancing down the street
2: oh my god
0: yeah it's a, it's incredible yeah. it's hysterical i don't know what they were thinking but maybe it works better that maybe way because you know that it's a joke at that point
2: that was what i was thinking it's
0: so absurd that it doesn't it I think sometimes I think the problem with this week that we're going to be talking about, which is a very is important week, a very important week, that I think that maybe for a lot of people, the process of getting to the 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 pelvis thrusts in mm-hmm. front of the store felt a little bit like a lobster boiling in water and not knowing they're boiling, and then suddenly being like, oh, I'm, I'm dying. Oh, yeah. and then it's over, <laughs> right? And I feel like a, a hard transition like that would have made people more aware of what the intention was.
1: Yeah. I don't know, but it, it is hysterical watching it in the editor's cut. That's wild. Yeah. I don't think the intention is uh, hilarity. I think the intention is to show the juxtaposition, and that is too far yeah that, like, I, I, am, like, I am internally Ooh. holding back all of the laughter out of oh. sheer professionalism oh. based on just the description of what you're saying <laughs> oh, like, you're no. right the way this thing currently cuts yes is like a needle scratch you're know, right next to a megaphone in right. terms of harshness right what you describe it breaks the reality of the movie uh-huh. I, I, what what fragile reality it's maintaining up to this point in time, yeah, yeah. for 91 minutes yeah. uh, is completely just crumbles and then uh now i need to see this
2: yeah I, I would like to to go and find that i think why we have this gradient here is almost like we need to move from one piece of a, of the message to the second part which is like number one is he's like confident in it and like uh it is kind of working a little bit like he did defeat the bad guy and women are giving him some looks Mm -hmm. so that we can contrast that later when he leans too hard into it and is total laughingstock and everybody reacts like so gross to him right i think the problem with doing that gradient the way it is in the like theatrical cut the one that we're talking about right now might be that some people only get the first part of the message right because they're we, not paying attention closely to the right. second part they're distracted by the dancing they just assume the
0: women are having the same
2: reaction that they're having to right him, now that they're having right now because this is the only time we have the like close-ups
1: on women's reactions right and
2: it's the the setup not the punchline
1: right it's almost like uh a Verhoeven-esque too, too good of satire In Starship Troopers <laughs> yes, yes Where it, yes. it gets the point across And people are like Yeah war And, and I'm like, like No 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 no, no bugs, war, bad. Human bad. Human like, bad. Human real bad. <laughs> yeah. Us fascists now. <laughs> Military yeah. complex bad. Yeah. bad. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think that's exactly this. Although I will say, you know, thinking about this in terms of Spider-Man minute, mm. just this minute, if we are going to take it in a vacuum, which I will personally do right now, yeah. Spider-Man is right at every... Se- he should have that confidence, because look at him. He's got some nice moves. These women are looking at him. Uh, Harry threw the bomb first. You don't see what happened beforehand. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing is uh, set up to sort of like he is in this moment you know properly reacting to his environment. It's it's working for him.
2: Like things are are going well for Peter. I mean I'm worried about what happened to Harry obviously. Yeah. This is not a
1: good look on Peter but it's we're not not a good look on Harry. We're
2: not fully in the (laughs) Jesus.
1: But you don't like the whole Dr. Loomis half face (laughs) burned off because of uh, the explosion He went from Bruce Wayne to Two-Face. Yeah the best. Um,
2: Yeah just that like the the message is going to be quite fully in the scope of evil does not get, look good on this Peter Parker. Right. But right now, it's just I'm enjoying the effects of it. Right. And and I think if you're not letting the story be told as it's happening, if you just stand, if you just stay in this moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe I get why people get mad. Yeah. Yeah. But I it's think, only it's only the first half. I think the only thing
0: that this movie really needs to hammer this home really mm-hmm. was a better explanation of what the symbiote is doing to Peter cuz mm-hmm. it never it never truly gives us that. It it plays with it, but it doesn't like build a relationship between the symbiote and Peter. Yeah. It's just a black suit that happens to be I guess it's an alien. You you kind of like you you get garner that that's what it is but it's fabric so it's confusing. Yeah. Um and I and I and I think that I think that like we know cuz we're nerds we know what the symbiote is and what it does. Yeah. But I don't know that that's necessarily getting across to the people though, to a lot of other people.
1: Yeah. That's I I think your point is taken but I do think the movie gives it to you and I think that uh Tomorrow or the next day we will find a moment where it is discussed about the amplification of personality and that right. it's a living creature and right. all that stuff. So I think all of that's in I the But I'd rather
0: I'd rather be shown than told, if that makes sense. Like I'd rather I the problem, I think the real problem was Spider-Man 2, which was that the Dr. Octopus storyline with him in the arms is the Venom concept. And so because they did it there, they couldn't repeat themselves here. And I think it, it wrote them into a corner a little right. bit because that would have been the best way to do this is like there's a voice in his head telling him to do these things or saying this is okay or like a whispering or whatever, like
2: almost like the one ring. Or you like know, a sentience in general yeah. like, uh, where you feel like this is a thing that's making decisions. right? Where it, as the way it sort of plays out over the course of this film, it's almost like... It's like a primal thing. Like an unthinking parasitic influence, not like a character. character. Right. Yeah. Right. And that... Plus, your, I think your uh, suggestion early... Was it last week? Maybe a week before. But that we should have had more people making fun of the way he looks. That was last week. Yeah. 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 Like, just
0: like when his hair is like all like in front of his, it would just be like, what, what did you do to your hair?
2: <laughs> right. Just to like really, keep <laughs> why are you dressing that. Like, like that? No, no, the movie doesn't think he looks cool. Okay. Yeah. Like The the movie is not on his side here. Right. But like, but I think if we had one more signpost like that. Yeah. And we had like a clear indication that this is a influencing character. On right. Him,
0: in a relationship.
2: I don't think people would assume what they always do when I get into arguments about Spider-Man 3, which is that, oh, emo Peter Parker, like, that sucks. Yeah. Like, I just... This is functional in, in beat by beat and especially later in the week, but if you're just stuck in the setup and you never get to the punchline, I don't know if it works.
1: Yeah. I think you guys are right from a story perspective I think uh, that you know Venom is a character Venom isn't a, a force of nature it's the same mistake um, you know Fox keeps making with the, the Phoenix force it's right. like Ooh, it's just yes. this force of nature not like this thing it's not as sentient as the symbiote but it's really about the relationship that this force has with that character yeah. uh, Galactus kind of similar way Fox really just messing it up all the way <laughs> out of their hands let's not talk about yeah, it sorry. what but hands? Yeah. <laughs>
0: they don't have hands God <laughs>
1: the gloved hands of their new <laughs> <laughs> Masters, um, but what I like about what they do in the movie is I think that that sort of force of nature part of it really amplifies the the best part of the entire sort of representation of the symbiote in this movie mm-hmm. uh, is how it just makes. Peter Parker what Peter Parker thinks is the worst possible version like subconsciously and I don't think that if you had a character sort of talking into the voice or even in that one ring kind of like you can tell there's a message being portrayed but you're not necessarily hearing it Uh verbatim Mm -hmm. I think that that takes it out of this primal like the worst parts of of who each person is and takes it more into you are being puppeted by something that is just Mm -hmm. trying to get across some sort of mission i see um but i think that's can be discussed later there's one sort of hero of subtlety or lack thereof that i just (laughs) really appreciated (laughs) Uh at the transition to please um how now that Spider Man is not a good guy, he does the reverse Superman where he buttons up the, the oh, suit underneath yeah. the shirt, and so he like puts it away, and it's <laughs> like that. I, I remember at the time watching it in the theater, like just like making an audible like ah. To the crowd, like to the screen, because yeah. I'm like, that's the reverse Superman. Like, it is so dumb, but so perfect that's, for yeah. everything that's come before. fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's great. It, it really, it, it's just, it's beautiful. It yeah. is beautiful. And this,
2: the whole function of this thing we're dealing with all week here is, I I love the effect, and I love where we end up. I I just want a way for other people to get where we are clearer, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, this is... This is fun.
0: It is. Yeah. It is fun. I mean, that, and, that's, and that's the thing. It's like we're, we're coming to it from, a, from the perspective of like we get what they're trying to do. We just think that they were off the mark a little. And we're trying to figure out like what could they have done to not change a lot about this, still make the movie they made, but make it so that people understand what it's trying to do. Because it obviously— Bring more people on board. It yeah. obviously failed at that, right? Like regardless of how we feel about the movie— it obviously failed to hit a lot of people. A lot of people just went over, went over their heads or went under their heads or however you want to or say it. Or they just it.
2: rejected it outright and stopped yeah, yeah. Like, engaging with it Right, at this point. And,
0: and if you stop engaging with a movie, it has failed at some point, right, for some yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And the point of this is to hit all four quadrants and really like get people. And so like, what could they have done to solve that
1: problem, you know? Yeah, I it's I tricky. Think I, yeah. I agree. And and so my thought is first understand what was the creative choice? What was the thinking behind that? Yeah. I think that this whole scene that'll be discussed in uh, depth over the next several days uh, is kind of equivalent to the same scene or a similar kind of scene I think it was in Spider-Man 2 the with the drops. raindrops yeah. keep going yes. on my head. Yeah. Yes. where it's this harsh tonal cut yes. that just has a pure emotional guttural, it's about feeling this um, thing happening right. as opposed to seeing and enjoying it. Right. And I think that that happened, A, in the middle of a far tighter narrative uh-huh. um, in Spider-Man 2, and had a a more positive emotion, so people felt it and felt good right. in They're like, that moment.
2: It shocked me, but I'm in a fun space, so I'm delighted.
1: Yes. Now it's like, it's shocking me, but I'm in an uncomfortable space, so I'm uh-huh. mad. 100%, <laughs> and I think that the, the hair if like if, if if I could just go back in time and change one thing, I think that's probably the easiest, lowest hanging fruit. To the hair and the guyliner. Uh, yeah. yeah, even the guyliner, I don't think is as important. I think that that's uh, emphasizing, you know, just some really steely looks <laughs> on Mr.
0: <Kobe laughs> but he definitely it gives him a little Nicky look, which is <laughs>
1: unfortunate. Yeah, uh, it's clear that either the the costume designer, the hair and makeup person, or Sam Raimi himself has just a very disappointing like nephew in the family. Yes, that has exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that hairstyle. Yes. And that is where this comes from. Yeah. 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 I
2: yeah. I, I, I I get it. Look
0: what we did to Spider-Man's hair, you dork. You dork. Get out of the family. Yeah. <laughs> You're such
2: a drip. You see how you see how much he sucks right now? That's you. That's you. That's what you look like <laughs> when you walk down the street.
1: Yeah. You see all those women staring longingly and how he got that promotion at his job. T- take examples at oh wait oh wait uh oh we muddled our message yeah. yeah
2: go back to the black parade you jerk <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, a couple little actor notes if it's relevant because we won't see these newsstand people again yeah of course uh, so our newsstand folk real quick are the old guys Jim Cooper uh, the guy with the daughter is Dean Edwards and the uh, uh, the lady here is Margaret Lanny or Lonnie I'm not sure how to pronounce mm-hmm. her last name uh, so the old guy Jim Cooper he's just one of those guys who just plays landlords and detectives on all the law and orders. That was just his bread and butter till like 2010. Hasn't really done much else. Um, the, uh, the lady here, Margaret Lanny mm-hmm. did some like, uh, small shorts on her own. And one episode of a uh, procedural, uh, oh, okay. Another law and order. The interesting one I think is the guy who has a daughter that yeah. is disappointed in Spider-Man because this is Dean Edwards, who was briefly a cast member on SNL oh. in the early two thousands. Um, wild and he works in voiceover a lot these days fine whatever what was the most fun thing in looking up these people was right before spider-man 3 as in a year prior uh dean (laughs) did a movie i want to get the name of this right uh he did a movie called a new wave uh an indie comedy like no budget indie comedy about Mm -hmm. some people planning a bank heist and I don't know if I recommend watching it But I do recommend doing what I did Which was going and looking up the trailer for this film oh. Because oh my god This film Again a no budget indie comedy About idiots doing a bank robbery uh-huh. And the heist team they have is Lacey Chabert oh. from Mean Girls And our friend Dean here And um, What is his name? Oh I lost it I lost it. I'm in the middle of a bit here And I lost it. Andrew Keegan Who's like a He's a, a jerk in a lot of things, but the important thing is John Krasinski is the fourth member of the squad, and this is prior office fame prior. Jim oh my god, Krasinski, and it th- our future Reed Richards, our future our future <laughs> Reed Richards, our current Jack Ryan. It is the most bizarre thing in the world to watch him be like loudmouthed early two thousands like like just douchebag in this trailer. It is. He's the one the member of their team who has watched a lot of heist movies mm-hmm. and he's planning the heist like these movies he's seen. So it's a lot of him like making references to Reservoir Dogs and Oh, so
0: he's the he's heat. the Randy from Scream of Heist movies. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It is haunting. Oh man. And it's two minutes of your life that is well worth spending watching okay. the trailer
1: for this film. I mean, despite the fact of this having clearly an all-star C level two thousand three cast. <laughs> <Yeah>. Uh <laughs> It's really heartening to know that uh Kuzinski can uh you know leave that quiet place of his career and Oh uh, hey
2: <laughs> I got nothing I got nothing <laughs> Pretty good Pretty good. I'll well, oh, give you Sam man. gash points for that one. Um but yeah, it's again it's called a new wave. Please uh, when a new this wave. when this happens I'll I'll put it up on the on the listener group I Perfect. think because it is insane and worth watching. Yeah. But yeah, those Sounds are our newsstand like folks. Quick
1: oh uh quick question for you then yes. do you not have information about the fourth face you see clearly in said the beard, scene, the beard, man, old beard man, who, oh. if you if you pay close attention to, is clearly getting distracted by something off screen just <laughs> before the cut, and it is it is beautiful. It is beautiful. I could not find old beard man because he
2: uh, is uncredited, having no lines in this scene, so he is just one of the rando extras. What a fantastic face on that guy, though! Right? Yeah. My God, he is just. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm. I'm happy to call it then. Watcher confirmed. Oh,
2: <laughs> well, there it Watcher is. Watcher confirmed.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm gonna put some dirt in your eye. Gonna yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to the hair thing, I think Wally's spot on with the hair. I think if the hair wasn't the way that it is, mm-hmm. uh, no one would have the complaints as many complaints. Like either yeah, either one. Or, one of two things. Either one. You just do the the hair dye thing that they've done, which is like they, they have like some kind of comb in hair dye that just like tones down his hair a couple of octaves. You know, mm-hmm. it just it's just it's not quite black. Yeah, but it's like a much darker brown, you know, and it's clearly just, reversible. Right. If yeah. they had just done that, but kept his hairstyle the same, that would have been interesting. But also, why wouldn't you? Uh, the obvious thing to me seems like slick back, like a slick back hair. Oh yeah. Or just like a just like a brush back or something. Instead yeah. of the part, just a brushback. It's it's the stupid bangs are just it's so distractingly awkward and And dates it in dates an awkwardly it, awkward way. Yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. He literally has the exact same haircut as all of the goth emo kids from mm-hmm. South Park. Yes. They literally, I mean, just because of the <laughs> angle of their animation yes. style, yeah. just normal looking hair, that is what that looks like in real life.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and I think you're spot on that, like, Slick Back is the obvious choice. Yeah. And I yeah. would be shocked if that wasn't discussed as the potential, and then someone came in and said, hmm, that's the I obvious this choice. nephew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if like... instead of Slick Back, <laughs> we go Slick Front? Slick
2: Front. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, that seems... Like thunderously obvious, yeah. That that's what they should have gone with, yeah.
1: Um, also, just to be very specific and nitpicky to police. Toby McGuire's face, uh, a lot of forehead. Yeah, I feel like a different forehead could have pulled that off a lot better. Because yeah. uh, looking at it right now, where you only see half his forehead, and yeah. the in the, the bangs are just kind of like that's a that's fine. That yeah. looks good. There's nothing against that.
0: There's there's this show that a lot of people have never seen um, and might not know that it exists. But it's a show that was in the mid two thousands. Um, it was a Stephen Moffat show before he took over Doctor Who, before he did Sherlock. It was a mini series called Jekyll, oh. and it has uh, James Nesbitt as Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. He plays both, and the thing that they did with him was that you're talking about hairline, right? So what they did with him was like he has like a he has like a widow's peak kind of hairstyle. When he's Doctor Jekyll, they put like dry product in his hair and they sort of like let it like do this like natural curl thing and sort of brush it forward to cover up a lot of the widow's peakness, you know, Mm -hmm. and just sort of make it look like a, like a kind of like a Mark Ruffalo kind of look. Right. Yeah. Then when he turns into Mr. Hyde, they slick it back and they put lifts in his shoes and he looks like a totally different person to the point where I was constantly questioning whether it was the same actor playing, hide whoa and it was a simple thing it wasn't they didn't change a lot it was just they uh, they brought out his widow's peak and it was this complete transformation and I think that there is a lot to do with forehead like you can do yeah. their forehead work <laughs> there's things you can do with forehead work that I think can transform a person yeah um yeah. I mean, in a very simple way you know um it's just a missed opportunity um, it is yeah we're like man, let him grow out of five o'clock shadow, you
1: know, slick back hair, five o'clock shadow. I'm partial to the old, he's evil now, let's throw the goatee on. Sure. Like the, yeah. symbi- like the symbiote <laughs> growing the goatee. Like, I feel like that's justifiable in the headcanon sure. of this movie. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Or there, there's some version of it where there's like a long weekend that happens and he decides not to shave. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't, I don't know.
0: know. Well, you could have had him grow out the five o'clock shadow when he was like hunting for the Sandman. Like he's yeah, just dude, like
2: he's up for like 48 yeah, hours or something. He's not
0: taking care of himself. You could explain the guy liner to say he's not sleeping. I mean, there's so many things that you could have done that isn't this. <laughs> yeah. From a makeup standpoint, uh, hair and makeup standpoint, that would have been a vast improvement and not such an easy target for people to make fun of. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, where they would have really had to justify themselves to make fun Cause of. Cause you would have to talk moments.
2: about the story function of it and not just Look how stupid dumb. he looks. Look, yeah. he looks dumb. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, but right. like
0: it's very reductive people.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Broad strokes. Broad yeah. strokes. Yeah. 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 He does look dumb though. Um, he sure does. And a big um, forehead. <laughs> <laughs> that dummy.
0: <laughs> and then we get uh, we get the party at the bugle. Some celebr it looks like Eddie Brock is celebrating something. Oh boy, what um, could it be? Yeah, I'm thinking it's I'm thinking it's his photo, I assume. I think it's funny though that he's throwing this huge party for getting a cover story i guess i guess it's more about him getting the job right it's, yeah he's yeah, got the staff that's
2: job what and okay I'm, I'm sure maybe jonah's okay with it because this the story that's being celebrated is spider-man's a criminal right you know so he's super into it like this is sound this this particular uh front page we sold so many of these yeah. because spider-man's a criminal and i always knew it it's a win-win-win win. yeah, yeah yeah um but i don't think like J- Jonah was in any way funding this sh- shenanigans I think this is all like refreshments that Eddie bought yeah. and brought. Oh <laughs> yeah, like yeah. time to party. <laughs> um, such a
0: dork. God, Eddie. Eddie is Eddie is the best version of what they're trying to do with Peter, which is yeah. I also think is part of the problem. Is like they're trying to differentiate him from Eddie being this kind of douche. Yeah, and it's like, but that's the douche you that's want. The kind of douche you what want. You want him to be. Um, but it's it's great. It, it
1: is the problem. The problem with ex- exactly what you're saying is that you're right. That is the douche you want, but. To make that work, he has to be likable for an amount of time. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I mean, maybe back when this was two movies, like, you have enough time to do that in, in that original script. Right. To, like, make him likable first and then take him over the edge. Right. Because, I mean, he's a sad sack all the time. Like, Peter right. sets up really perfectly for a full arc when he's on there. That's what works in the comics. Yeah. Even in the cartoon show, he had, right. like, a, I think, like an episode where he was just in the suit and it starts off where he's like, I'm powerful and strong now. And then yeah. it ends with,
0: oh, no, I I, I almost killed someone. Yeah, I he almost, almost killed died. the rhino. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so I, I think that it's hard to do that, but for a villain, you ki- you kind of get to start wherever you want, and people just kind of go with it. And he kind of starts in this sort of zone Eddie Brock does, where he is. You know, down on his luck, but he doesn't seem like people don't like him. Like he's you, enough of the connections to be like shooting the Gwen Stacy thing mm-hmm. earlier. Like yeah. he's around. He's clearly one of the people who are doing photography stuff if he's kind of in this group. So you can kind of buy him. Oh, he's a fun guy. Everyone seems to like we're giving him the benefit of the doubt, which I think also hurts down the line when he turns because It's a little too Frank Grimes and not enough like Venom, where (laughs) it's like, oh, I don't like you because you, you know, get the good stuff in life, but in reality, it's like, oh no, he has to, uh, you know, hate Spider-Man, Venom has to hate Spider-Man, and then Eddie Brock has to hate Peter Parker at like an equal rage level to have that harmony of what Venom is, Right. Uh, and that just nowhere near i don't think they tried to hint on any of that no in
2: this again because we don't have like a room we don't have room
1: yeah yeah uh, but we don't have a
2: like presence of venom as its own having its own motivations right right to have a grudge against spider-man right
0: to, to the point where we have to explain how eddie learns of peter's identity as Spider-Man by seeing him very far in the distance, 10, 15 stories up at the top of a tower instead of learning about it through
2: the symbiote. Um, the symbiote, it, he should have the knowledge because the symbiote knows.
0: Right, but we don't know that that's one of the symbiote's powers. We don't know that's even possible. And yeah. so they have to like be like, Hark, is that a Peter? Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> They were on the doorstep of a cool way for him to figure it out without the symbiote though mm-hmm. in that he's also a photographer. Yeah. And if he p- pieced it together because the only way he could possibly get those pictures is if he was Spider-Man. Right. Like, I think that that would have been a really reasonable way mm-hmm. for this version of Eddie Brock to find that information. Yeah.
0: And then the best part is, because he faked this, no one believes him. Exactly. Everyone just thinks he's trying to get revenge on Peter for ratting him out. For ratting him out,
1: yeah. Yeah. And you need that sometimes when you have these... you know, secret identity movies you need the obviously someone's got to figure it out and, right like, just figure out who would make sense to figure it out like i love what they did in uh the dark Knight, where like mm. an accountant would obviously figure it out right, right, Wait, right. and, and you just intimidate him into not you know speaking right. out about it uh so i think that that's what you know they could have done and yes in like it's that's what's frustrating about this movie is they're on the doorstep of so yes. many really, yeah. really
0: cool things. It's literally things. one more draft away from being a really good a movie really good and movie. two 100%. drafts away from being a fantastic movie.
1: A hundred percent. And what this feels like, too, and I think you guys touched about this a long time ago when you started the, the, the this run. <laughs> um, but the idea of like it needing that one extra layer of, of work and effort. Yeah. And I was thinking about that and how also how this is like a film out of time. This feels exactly like those movies that came out right after the writer's strike, like a yes. year after oh, the writer totally. strike, like yes. Transformers Two and a couple of the other ones, where right. like everyone literally was writing until uh, a midnight on a clock somewhere, and then all the writers had to leave the room, and then the just hands had, off, yeah, yeah. yeah, figure it out. It's Like, well, I guess we're making this, yeah, and, <laughs> and that's what that I think more than like a throwback to a campier style. I think that's a little bit where I'm getting that sort of t- time dissonance where. You can kind of give more leeway to films exactly in that era, yeah. um, because you understand the context to it. Mm-hmm. This has no excuse to do that, no. but it has the same sort of effect in that you know you went out to film a product that really needed to be in the oven, at least one more you know go around. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah for sure. Under underproved and underbaked. Uh, oh boy oh boy yeah.
0: spider-man 3 <laughs> underproofed and underbaked you
1: know people love cookie dough though so That's let's true. you know uh, yeah. a, a cookie dough cookie where you just don't cook the cookie all the way <laughs> yeah is exactly what i think this uh, this movie is if you yeah. bite into it like looking for a crunchy chocolate chip cookie like the last two movies were you're gonna be very disappointed but if you're weird and wacky enough to like raw egg Then you have a home here. There's fun stuff
0: to be found There is. in the
1: in the center of this
2: cookie.
0: Yeah, there sure is. Um, And but but you could be very surprised and uh, and and find it kind of (laughs) off-putting, depending on your perspective. (laughs) Accurate
1: surprise cookie dough is (laughs) not something I want to experience in my life. What a lovely uh, edamame piece. Oh no, that's cookie dough. That's cookie
0: dough. Oh, that's that was weird. Um, all
1: right.
2: All that's right, probably well, enough for this
0: one. yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's I think we can call it uh, call this one done. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you are on Facebook, make sure that you join the Spider-Man Minute Friendly Neighborhood listener group over there. Join in the d- the discussion. Talk about the things we've talked about today. and We've talked about a lot. Uh, So check that stuff out on Facebook if you happen to be there. If you're not, I'm not judging you. I get it. Um, (laughs) If I didn't have that Facebook group, I probably wouldn't be on Facebook either. Uh, So, uh, yeah. So check that out. Spider-Man Minute, Friendly Neighborhood Listener Group on Facebook. And we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 92. Bye, everybody.
2: Bye. Bye.